A Silent Husband, pro or con on today's podcast. Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. Now, before we go digging around in today's treasure box, we want to remind you that we are dropping a special Christmas episode on Christmas Day. It'll be shorter than our regular episodes, but we just want to join you on that day. We'll also have a special short episode drop on New Year's Day as well. Our goal is to help us all stay connected to God's Word during the holidays. And you'll need to listen to the end of today's podcast, and we will share with you what you can expect in the new year. We also want to remind you of those amazing gift opportunities that we've been speaking about over the past couple of weeks, the Christmas coaching package, the Replenish Women's event are both great ideas and all the information, just go to those websites that are in our show notes. Now, you know, we've been talking about this hidden treasure series and profound gifts that are tucked into the Christmas story. And really, it's like the prequel to the Christmas story. Like we're not even really to episode one yet, but um, we don't often talk about these. And there's a lot of focus this time of year on this idea of giving and receiving gifts. So Janae, are you a receiver or do you like to give more? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, of course, getting a fun gift. I mean, that's just like, who doesn't want that? But gifts really, they're not my love language, if you know what that means. And I am more of an acts of service or a quality time person. So you can get off super easy with me and not spend a lot of money. Just stop by and mop my kitchen floor. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really love you, but... Or, or go to lunch and we can just have great conversation. So I actually do get a lot more out of giving gifts. And if I have the bandwidth and the time to do it, I love to just be thinking about um, a meaningful and purposeful or even just a practical gift that might bless someone else. Uh, so what about you? Um, well, okay. I would say that words of affirmation and gifts are probably my top two love languages. So I do enjoy, but it's not for you guys out there that are also gifts people. You know what I'm talking about? It's not about the money that's spent. It doesn't have to be a big gift. It's just being thought of. That's the gift really. Um, so maybe access services tied in there somewhere. Yes. Well, Let's get started, and I'm going to give a real brief context of where our hidden treasure comes from within the Christmas story. We have been in Luke chapter one, super long chapter. Week one, we talked about Zachariah had a a visit from the angel that said that he and Elizabeth were going to have their son. They were going to call him John, which was a miracle because they were beyond childbearing age, and we talked about the gift of assurance. Week two, we talked about Mary and her experience with an angel and the faith that she had in her response and the gift of faith. And then last week, we talked about the hidden treasure that came out of Mary and Elizabeth's visit with each other and how Elizabeth stated that Mary was blessed based on her belief. And we talked about the gift of blessing. So the hidden treasure series has come out of Luke. So. Today's treasure comes at the end of Luke chapter 1, where we see Zechariah's story come full circle. He was made by God to be silent for the nine months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. 
Okay. I want to talk about this for a second because I just keep thinking about Elizabeth. Okay. Okay. I understand. I, uh, when I had my pregnancy, I probably wasn't to the, to the stage that they were at. She's older, but I was older than, you know, an average age. We'd had a trouble getting pregnant. Um, and so I just remember all the fear about that first time pregnancy and what if, what if, what if, and I really needed a lot of reassurance from my husband. And man, if Zachariah is silent. I mean, yeah. he can't enter into that with her. Yeah, so they couldn't talk. Well, Elizabeth could talk, but it was a one-way street. And I mean, how much can you write down things to respond? So that that had to be hard. And I'm sure there was some fear all in that, you mm-hmm. know, that she wasn't able to share in that. So here they are. They've had their baby. Okay. And Elizabeth is trying to tell all the family and friends that the baby's name is going to be John. And they are like, what are you talking about? That's not a, a family name. And so Zachariah gets in and like, give me, you know, something to write with. And he writes, his name is to be John. And immediately he can speak and he goes straight in all praise mode. And that's where we pick up today. I love that. So Luke 1 Verses 64 through 75. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood and the news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant, David, just as he promised through the holy, his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies, from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor, Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness as long as we live. Now there's more to Zechariah's prophecy and I really think go and read the rest of Luke chapter one, but for the moment, we're gonna stop here. And our treasure comes out of the last part of verse 74. The God's word translation reads it this way. So that we could serve him without fear. So the hidden treasure for today is fearless. And the fact that Christ coming into the world gives us the power to be fearless. One thing that strikes me about the way this prophecy reads is the fact that serving God is actually associated with fear. I don't Mm -hmm. think our minds go there. But I mean, when we're going to... Uh, serve God, I don't think, oh no, there might be some doubts or there might be concerns. A little anxiety. Yes. But I don't think we go full on fear like, oh my gosh. Like terror. Yes. So I think we need to take a look at how the Jewish people would have viewed fear and what that, how that would have, what that would have meant for them. We have the benefit of existing on this side of the cross where we are existing with the Holy Spirit with us and God speaks through the Holy Spirit. And although he also spoke through the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, God would also show up on the scene in incredibly big ways, like clouds containing lightning settling on the top of a mountain or a pillar of fire or in the power of the plagues that went out to Egypt. I mean, the times that Israel had forgotten God and walked away, 
God would show up in releasing their protection so that their enemies could come up, come in and capture them and remind them that they are to turn to him. So I think there's an argument that like fear, like the terror kind of fear could potentially be associated with their life and view of God. Right. And so because the Jewish nation had seen and heard the stories about God and his amazing acts, they had a fear that could be more on the terror, but also just an awe of the powerful God that Mm -hmm. they served. And because God is powerful and mighty, they had that fear. But here in Zechariah's prophecy, he's saying the Messiah is taking that fear away. There is still a reverent awe, but we do not have to fear God while serving him. And I think that would speak to all of us today. So the prophecy is connected also to our enemies. Uh, For them, they had been rescued from their enemies. And, you know, during that time, they were under Roman rule. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're saying Messiah, you know, he's saying the Messiah is coming and we can serve God without fear. You know, the thing that comes to my mind, Amy, is right now in our world, we've got a lot of unrest going on. And I think of those precious families and people who are living in war-torn places where they're having to worry about the bombs and the guns and is it safe to go out and get groceries now and that kind of thing. But what if the enemy gets even further in and then like takes over our village. So there are just all kinds of types of fear that they could be living under. And in this verse, it says, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. You can, you can move around and do what God has asked you to do without fear. And I do think it translates into the fact for us too that our biggest enemy is Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was defeated with Christ's death and resurrection. And that's really what Zechariah is talking about here. And so now we too can move around freely without fear. Did you know that do not be afraid is actually one of the most frequent commands in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament? You know, in Luke alone, we saw that when the angel made that announcement, do not be afraid. And then we know that Jesus said it many times. The command or concept of fear not is actually said to be about used about 365 times in the hmm. Bible <laughs> with the word fear itself used over 50, 500 times. I'm sorry. Yeah, clearly God was going, uh, I knew that this would be something that you guys struggle with and deal with the frailty of the human, human condition. And right. so I really think he goes, okay, one a day. You, here's, <laughs> it's your fear not vitamin. Right. One a day. And yet, I know me personally and and many people that I know, we can still deal with fear. Right. You know, the first thing that jumps into my mind as you're talking is people-pleasing for me and the fear that can come from that, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm more focused on what others are thinking, how it will come across, will I have their approval rather than seeking God's approval? My fear comes more when my thoughts and my heart are tipped towards other things mm. than uh, God. And um, I think of the fear that can sometimes be wrapped around finances. You know, uh, here we have that faith piece too. So faith is that God is going to provide, but we want to see that money in the checking account, mm-hmm. right? Before we move forward over the fact that we're going to believe that God is going to provide as we need it. 
Yeah, I don't think I would have made a great Israelite wandering in the desert. Like the manna that came <laughs> for many once, reasons. I mean, for many reasons, I don't like the <laughs> heat me, that much. I'm that. <laughs> the sun would have been good for you. Yes, there, there's that. Yes, but that manna once a day, except for on Saturday or I guess Friday in their context, I would have had a hard time with that. But to me, when thinking about fear, it's not one specific thing. It's that fear of the unknown. I mean, we're looking into 2024 going, I do not know what that looks like. And there can be some fear that comes up in that if I'm not careful. Right. Well, because of Christ, we can be fearless. So let's talk about living fearless and what that looks like. I'd like to dip back into Mary's example. Uh, We talked about it in week two. Uh, episode 45, about how part of her faith response came because she knew who she was. Now, we can know who we are in Christ, but she knew who she was in God. She knew her role, and she saw herself through that, and there is power in that that can help lessen our fear. In Colossians, it says, I am complete. I'm complete. I'm whole in Christ who is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. And then in Philippians, it tells us God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. So we are not going to be lacking anything when we serve him. He is going to supply what we need. So there's no need for fear there. And also in 1 Peter, it tells us that we are chosen by God. I am chosen by God who called me out of the darkness of sin and into the light and life of Christ so I can proclaim the excellence and greatness of who he is. So we are, or you are, listener, you are chosen. You know, you may not have been the most popular in school and chosen or picked first. Um, We may not be feeling super successful in comparison to others around us. But regardless of what others may have said or put on us or what we're thinking in our mind, You are chosen. We are chosen. We are selected by God for his good purposes that he has given you, not your neighbor or the other person that you might think is more qualified, but you. He needs you to step into what he's calling you to do, and you can do that without fear. In 2 Corinthians, it tells us that we are, I am an ambassador for Christ. That's who you are. I am a part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. So when we come from a strong identity in Christ, we will not be paralyzed by fear. Yeah, I know that we hammer it a good bit, but it is worth repeating that in order to know who we are, we need to know the truth of who God is. Absolutely. We talk about that in our episodes 40 through 43 of the Know Who You Follow series. But just a small reminder, that we serve a God who is filled with grace. And because of that, we can serve without fear. He is our good shepherd. His rod and his staff, they're not there to punish us or to beat us, but they are a gentle guide and a protection from our enemies. Yes, I, you know, I can just envision like that, that hook on the shepherd's staff and he's, he's keeping that sheep from you know, falling off the cliff. Mm-hmm. God is always with us. So we don't have to be afraid when we're, walking out this call that he has on our life because he is walking with us, with us there. God is infinite. So there's no limit to his love, to his kindness. 
As followers of Jesus, we are recipients of unlimited love. God is self-sufficient. So he is not looking for us to complete anything in him, but instead he's the giver of all the things. And so his provision means we do not have to fear. Yes, I love that. That's so empowering. And part of his provision is giving us the strength that we need for whatever it is he needs us to do. In Colossians, it says, I am strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And with that strength, we will be empowered to do the thing Mm -hmm. that God is asking us to do. Now, sometimes, though, his strength, you know, we get frustrated. We talked about that in the Follow Him series. He's not in a hurry. Sometimes, though, his strength comes just right on time. You may go to bed tonight not knowing how it will work out the next day, but in the morning, God's going to give you what you need to keep going. God will show up. If you are someone who exists in fear, you're feeling trapped by it right now, we invite you to focus on the scriptures that will communicate to you and remind you who you are in Christ. And also those scriptures that are powerful reminder of who God is. And then let those truths speak to your fear and let your fear begin to lessen. So there's a saying that I say in our house that may or may not induce eye rolls sometimes. And I've heard it from a wiser person than me, but you become what you behold. And so if you're existing in a place of fear, it's a good thing to take stock about what's going on around you in your life that you're allowing in. Is it what you're listening to? Is whether it's podcasts, music, what you're watching on TV, if those things are fracturing your ability to look to God, if they're drawing your attention away, then it's important to stop those things and be able to turn your eyes to who God is and knowing him and knowing who you are in him and change what you're beholding. Yes, rather than using those things to numb us out or really distract us, they're really feeding and keeping us paralyzed when we don't focus on the truth. And isn't that what the enemy would want? But he has been defeated. And so because of that, we can live fearless. Yes. So next year, guys, can you believe we're talking about next year? Uh, We are going to be there to help you start 2024 off strong with our 50th episode on January 8th. Oh my goodness. I just feel like we need to like have a celebration or something. Okay. We will, we will. Um, That episode will be calling Strength to Strength. And then we'll begin a new series on January 15th called First Things First. So start your new year off right by letting us help you stay in God's word throughout 2024. And while you're hanging out with your family and friends over the next few weeks, tell them about God's Word Gives Hope. And don't forget, we will be dropping a brief episode on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. So in closing, I'm going to read the end of the prophecy of Zechariah, Luke 1, 78 and 79. Because of God's mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. To go deeper with the blog, visit godswordgiveshope.com. For more information on coaching with Janae, visit janaeshatleycamp.com. And to partner with us to help make God's Word Gives Hope possible, visit our website and click the Give button. Thank you.